That's Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, That's Questionable Podcast on Instagram, or at That's Question01 on Twitter. Welcome to That's Questionable, the podcast here in the Nathan Gearco shed. Or, That's right. Or gear shed. Gears shed. Yes. Bunch of this guitars gym. on the wall. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the heat's on. Although today it was nice. January, it was like 64 degrees. I'll take yeah. that any day. Yep. I yep. got home and uh, my wife had a fire in the fireplace. <laughs> and I said, I said, hon, it's 74 degrees outside. Yeah. 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 It was, it was yeah. a chilly inside? Or? No, just it was habit, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just one of those things. So. Actually, at work today, um, I had my coat on in my office because I guess at some point in time somebody turned the air conditioner on and it was cold and I was like it was just funny that they yeah. turned the air conditioner on in January and I was wearing my winter coat inside so yeah I think after my fifth cup of coffee I went to the the uh, the thermostat at the office and it's like man it's like 75 degrees in here it feels like 85 degrees yeah like, how much coffee did you drink today? That's <laughs> like my fifth cup. It doesn't cup. matter. Not much. Doesn't matter. Not enough. I haven't had enough coffee. Nope. Yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know. Mind your own business. Coffee good. So, anyways, it's been a while since we did our last episode. Some things have happened in the world. They have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good so to the, be here with uh, you, David and Nathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we need to reference what, what the state of the world is right now? Probably wouldn't hurt or to put a little uh, bracket uh, on it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so give us a, a summarization. Right now, um, we have a new president, um, which is uh, Joseph R. Biden. I didn't realize his name was Robinette. I've never heard that name before. I didn't either. I, yeah, but it is. Uh, but we have a new president, and things seem to have um, calmed down a little bit. It's yeah. Everybody's exhaling and going, okay, so... Trump is now off Twitter. Uh, there's really nothing else to say. <laughs> Trump is off Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness, the man. Skies are bluer. The amount, the amount of disinformation has dropped drastically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I get it. Everybody's got their opinions on what happened. And, and I know there's a lot of feelings and emotions that have been flying back and forth and, you know, it's a volatile time right now in the United States, but I do think we're one step closer to, you know, to those things calming down. You know, it's, things aren't like they were on January 6th, 6th, so to speak, but um, <clears throat> which is a horrible day in U.S. history. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to never, you know, talk about the orange clown ever again. <laughs> you really feel yeah <laughs> mm. I'm man ah uh, gosh is uh, is that even possible yeah. mm. i mean you already know what the question is for tonight yeah so how are you gonna avoid that yeah that's maybe that's why i was kind of creating my own truth ah within ah. this Good you know segue. i'm making up my own facts alternate facts to kind of support my own answers to you guys. So I don't know. Maybe that's what I was doing. Why? What's the question? I see. 
<laughs> okay, here's the question. Have we arrived at a place where there are multiple truths? Maybe even contradictory truths. Oh, man. As in multiple people have their own truths? Yeah, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's there are uh, there are people clinging to things that they truly believe are true mm-hmm. um, that aren't, and when confronted, um, their answer is it's the truth. It's just yeah. the truth. You don't know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always surprised how people question uh, things uh, on certain items, but there's a part of their lives that there's almost like a uh, some kind of covering over it where they don't question that. So they're going to question anything that disagrees with what they believe, but they don't actually question what they believe. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to be that way, but. Oh, man. Or it's almost kind of like you're willing to question things to a certain point, but there are certain things in your, there are certain things within your beliefs system that you're like, okay, these are just solid. You don't question these. You just stand by it. And so it doesn't matter ultimately if they're true or not. You've just decided that that is true and you will never, you won't, you will never defy that in any way, shape or form. You will never go against it or cheat on it by asking questions on it. You just believe that this thing is always true, so therefore I don't have to worry about it anymore. <clears throat> you guys, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? Kind of like a lot of times even in religion or the Bible, well, peripheral things can be questioned. Oh, should you tithe? Should you tithe on your net or your gross? You know, those are, oh, I can question those things. You know, those are things that because, in essence, they don't have any kind of long-lasting, maybe spiritual uh, effects. But if you somebody asks you, well, was Mary a virgin? Was Jesus born of a, of a virgin woman? People go, oh, no, 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 I don't ask those questions. That That's a staple in yeah. what I believe. So, therefore, I don't even... I can't ask a question on that. I just will refuse and I'll know that that's true. But these things over here, I can always question. Yeah. So, And that happens, you know, in the political realm. I think we've seen that. Uh, this is 2021. You know, as we said, we have a new president. And, and in this election year, I think more than any other, I'm 53 and any other in my memory, where there seems to be multiple truths. Mm-hmm. And so on, on one side, um, I think, I, I know I have gotten into, uh, which I regret, some a couple of debates on, on social media about this or that. And um, I had a, uh, you know, somebody I, I know that made the statement that, you know, about lying and how uh, Biden was a liar. And my response was, Trump's not a liar? Hmm. And his response was, correct. Biden is the liar. 
I'm going. Yeah. Really? I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. where you land is that you know, you have a guy in office that that is told a bunch of lies. Yeah. And it never occurs to you that maybe he's not telling the truth, and so they just you know assign truth to whatever he says, and I think that's where it's dangerous. Well, let me ask this. Um, is it, are there multiple truths or are there just multiple perceived truths? Okay. So let's, let's clarify that a little bit. There are obviously are multiple truths because there are different things. You know, you have truths, you know, in history of truth in science, but you're, you're saying one particular thing, like say, the validity of the election. Let's just take that one thing. Can there be multiple truths about that? Right. I mean, it has to be a little bit more specific, I think, of, to that right. one thing. On any given, let, let, I guess, on any given question, can there be more than one truth? Personally, I think there can, as long as the truths don't conflict, contradict each other. So you could you could say that that is water, or you could say that is, uh, you know, uh, it's thirty-two wet degrees, and it's, it's water, and it's thirty-two degrees, or whatever it is, thirty-three degrees. Multiple <clears throat> parts of that may be may be true as long, as long as they don't contradict. But if I'm saying that's water and that's oil, then you, I can't sit there and say that's water and somebody else say that's oil and us both be true. So in your conversation, uh, it can be true that Biden is a liar and Trump is a liar. Correct. Yeah. And, and that is probably true, (laughs) but you can't say that Trump is not a liar and Trump is a liar. That is contradictory. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Right. But I mean, he. I think he would tell you that he's the biggest. Liar? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Except his hands. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, uh, part of the question, too, is, 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 having more than one truth but the the problem here is 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 people holding on to what they say is truth regardless of whether it is or not you know that's that's kind of what where i feel like we've come to a point in in history and maybe this has happened over and over and it's just cyclical across history but if i feel like we we have come to a point where People will go, this is the truth, and they will not relent when in reality you can prove that that's not true at all. Well, let's talk about the election. So there are videos of people bringing in bags of ballots and, you know, uh, either adding that to a stack or taking that away. That's not true. Some of those videos have proven to be false, hmm. and yet people st- still say that's true. Yeah, even though it's been proven as false, 
And anything that that contradicts that is fake news. That that's the if I never hear the term fake news again, I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's a coverall. It's it's if it's any it's it's gotten to be that if it's anything that conflicts with my belief about a certain topic, then it is fake news. It it's the equivalent of uh, someone telling you something that you don't want to hear, and you plugging your ears and going exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So the the alternate truth in that would be wanting to hear anything that would confirm what you want to believe. Yeah, let me let me throw out some terms here that kind of go along with this concept that we're we're talking about. There's there's a term uh, called cognitive dissonance, and I think this is important. And we have touched on this uh, a, a number of times in our conversations because um, it, it it has helped us each of us individually come to the place where we're at, mm-hmm. uh, uh, both politically and religiously. And um, I'm ready to go on the record and say that I see no difference between politics and religion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I see no difference in the two. So cognitive uh, dissonance occurs when a person holds a contradictory belief, idea, or value and is typically experiencing a psychological stress when they participate in an action that goes against one or more of them. So it's, it's the stress of contradictory beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we each have described times where that was true for us, where, Absolutely. you know, I hold, I hold this. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, I, I believe that, that God is loving, peaceful, uh, you know, he cares for everyone and I'm reading, uh, in scripture where he has just wiped out an entire race, uh, or an entire nation. Um, those things cause stress mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. So the, the reaction, so to go with that, the reaction would be to, to satisfy that tension or that stress how to make what, what what's going to cause the stress to go away so if so to follow your example of god is if we want to think that oh god is loving and peaceful and loves everybody but yet we see stories where you know like the story of jericho where god's you know they march around the city they falls they go in and kill every man woman and child that causes stress on the idea that God would be loving and caring. And so the only way to satisfy that stress or to get rid of that stress would be to re retell the story in a way that would satisfy that. So you or disregard say, it. Or oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Dis- yes. Sorry. When well, I well, say satisfied, I mean I keep thinking of making it go away. Like or, it's val- like, or validate. No. Sorry, no I, I. Yeah. Sorry. I mean I, I think both. I yeah. think what you're describing is one way to deal with mm-hmm. it. Uh, uh, probably the more prevalent way, and then I think uh, the other road less traveled would be to change the way you look at. Yeah. 
one side or the other. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, so the, you know, the answers would be, the answers would be, you know, <clears throat> is, is, is God loving? Uh, does he love all peoples? God, you know, is he is the example of Jesus? Is this, is this who God is? Yes. Well, what about Jericho? Well, God is sovereign and there's a bigger picture going on that we don't understand. So, you know, the answer now we've gone to something that we actually don't really know is true. At no point in time do we know that that what was just said is true. We just have kind of backed up and kind of redone things in our own mind to justify what we think to get rid of the tension. You said tension, right? Yes. Tension. Yeah. Yep. To get the stress. tension, the stress. That's yep. what you said, stress. Yep. So that, in my opinion, is going on all the time in religion and even in politics. Yeah. So, and so that's creating, uh, one way is creating a, mm -hmm. uh, a non-confrontational mm -hmm. bridge between a loving God mm -hmm. and a vengeful, yeah. bloodthirsty God. Yeah. And it's a bridge of, uh, invisible nothing, but, but it must be there Yeah, because both these things are true. That's right. They're, they're, yeah, they're both true. That's right. And that's the only way to justify that. So how does a human, how does the human mind sit in that? Stay in that. How do, how do we as people justify to ourselves that we can go and we can say God is all is loving, but yet God can order a massacre and expect people to be obedient and pull that off or, and, and carry it out. How do we, how are we able to, to do that? Is it a greater good type conversation Man, where, that's... where we think that, well, let's take the Passover, that there was a, there was a greater good, there's a greater plan. God knows all things and, and we can't understand his ways. And the, the Passover was an, was an area that I really struggled over when I was really, one of the, one of the things that one of the reasons why I question the Bible is I, I decided I needed to look at the Bible a different way. So I bought a new translation, the ESV, and I started highlighting the names of God as I went through the, as I went through the Bible. And so when I got to the Passover, um, man, you, you start looking at what, what the result of that really means that, uh, and I've seen anywhere from 150,000 to possibly as many as 2 million firstborn were, they don't know exactly how many people mm -hmm. were there, but it's definitely at a minimum hundreds of thousands and at the maximum probably somewhere around two, 2 million firstborn were killed. And I was talking to a friend of mine who is a evangelical Christian. His response was, yeah, well, they could have put blood on their door, doorpost just like the Israelites. Is that what we're down to? I mean, it's okay to 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 kill uh, you know innocent babies, and in some respects, they were babies, infant mm -hmm. babies, because sure. their parents didn't put blood on the doorpost. To me, that's that's where you can still believe that that God is a loving God, and yet that's how He delivered Israel. And not only that, but it was celebrated for thousands of years as the Passover. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That that seems kind of uh, some kind it's, of. You have to live in two truths, don't you? You do. 
mm-hmm. contradictory truths. Exactly. Yeah. To me. So you 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 build that bridge we were talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, and so let me let me throw this out. And Nathan, you asked, you know, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Uh, um, one reason is uh, social conformity. Um, there's social conformity, a couple different kinds. Normative conformity is conformity that occurs because of a desire to be liked and accepted. Uh, and then there's informational conformity, which is conformity that occurs because of the desire to be correct. Um, and now those things are interesting. I mean, the first one, <laughs> the first one is, um, the first one is, you know, pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, for the most part, uh, most, uh, non psychopathic people want to be liked and, and want to be admired. And, and so they, they choose an environment in which they want to, to be liked and they go along with that environment. Um, but I find the, uh, the informational conformity is, is really interesting. They've done studies where, uh, they will, uh, and we'll put a link somewhere, maybe at the website or somewhere where you can, uh, access some of this, but, uh, they'll have a person come in, uh, to a study with 12 other people. Uh, so 13 people in the study, 12 of the people are in on this, on the study, one isn't, and they will uh, begin the study by presenting problems to everyone involved, uh, where, you know, you got to do some thinking and come up with your, your answer, a pretty basic answer. And in the first few, everybody agrees and just, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and the, the person who's not in on it is the last person in the room. And then pretty soon they start uh, doing problems, uh, that the other 12 are getting wrong on purpose and then giving their answer the right one, you know, the, the 13th person knows that the answer is right, but will tell people the other answer Mm -hmm. just because he figures I can't be right. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to go against these other people. I want my answer to be right. I don't want it to, to stand out and stand alone. Is that why we have a bunch of denominations? Could be. Also, I wonder if that's why so many evangelical Christians have followed Trump. Yeah. That there will be some evangelical Christians that believe that Trump is a evangelical Christian. I'm not sure. You know, he, he made it very clear that he didn't have anything to ask forgiveness for. That conflicts with even just you know orthodox christianity but they believe that he is you know they're almost his almost somewhat of a messiah figure to them yeah it's scary yeah no absolutely and and i think once you've gotten gone down the road to um um uh, help me out jim not this not information conformity what was the first one uh normative normative so like the where you know, you're you're obviously wanting to fit in. You know, you know. I I would think that most people would be appalled by a lot of the actions within the last four years. Would be appalled by them. But you can't go against them or say anything 
Because a lot of times you might boil it down to one argument like, well, this whole thing is about abortion. I can't go against that. I have to. I've even told, had people tell me, I will die on that hill. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of like, well, okay, I understand you're passionate about that, but, but you do recognize, you know, the other things that are going on that contradict the truth or contradict what you believe. And you, it's, it's very evident that's like, well, okay, I'm okay to oversee that because that's not as much of an evil as what I would think abortion is an evil. So therefore, I'll be fine with this to die on this hill. So it's okay, with that thought, it's okay for the richest nation in the world to not offer health care to everybody and yet we're going to die on the hill of abortion. And I would maintain that if you look at the Bible, God killed a lot of infants, even outside the Passover. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know how pro-life the biblical God is, um, but right. certainly, certainly, you know, uh, the, the right conservatives thinking that, well, I'm going to fight abortion, and yet I'm not going to offer health care when that baby's three months old, may not have any health care at all. Mm-hmm. What if that baby has to go to the hospital? Who's going to pay those hospital bills? Mm-hmm. It's, it's insane. And yeah. even, even more than that, uh, these same people, because I deal with them on a daily basis, refuse to do the basic things to avoid the spread of COVID mm-hmm. that cause people to get sick and cause people to lose their lives. Yeah. That's not pro-life. Yeah. Can they see it? I, I don't think they see that. I think pro-life has been totally uh, uh, focused in on one thing, and that is the baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it, The issue itself is, is a red herring, a smokescreen. I mean, it... it the church didn't have an issue uh, with uh, abortion until the, the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, it's not an issue at all. Uh, uh, life was considered uh, at birth. That's what the church's position was. Uh, and so it just w- was never an issue. Uh, it was completely created for one political reason. And that was to stir people up over this one issue and get them to elect Republicans. Mm-hmm. Well, initially I think it may have been Carter. Initially it was, but Carter let him down, but it was really Jerry Falwell and the moral majority. Right. Reagan is the one who wrote it. He all he the way to the it, White even House. Though he didn't believe yeah. a lot of it. Uh, didn't believe any of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, he, as governor of California, uh, passed one of the most uh, liberal, for lack of a better word, uh, abortion policies uh, in the nation. Hmm. Hannity's not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but, I used the H word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so. This whole thing to me is 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 a big deal because um, it, it even goes even farther. Like you know, politics has been a big thing, you know, or or religion is a big thing as far as like how I don't. It, it's hard to understand how people in, in a lot of these studies that we see 
especially some of the terms that we talk about, start to break that down and start to kind of give us some answers. These studies that talk about how, you know, people conform. They're not going to go against what everybody said, even though they know the answer's not right. And we've all sat there and have lived that out. We've seen that and we lived that out and we realized the point in our lives when you go, okay, I just can't do that anymore. Yeah, and the tension is the, too much. The tension is too great. You're right. And and you do that. And people need to know your life changes at that point in time. Mm-hmm. You are no longer the same person. Um, and I think that's very important. But but um, I don't, it's hard for me, even though that I was there, it's still hard for me to see how people can know that something is not true, but still say, Oh, it's true. Um, and we can probably think of tons of examples, you know. Um, I, I just, I just, it, 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 it's just hard to comprehend for me how, how to do that. But um, I, don't even, I don't even know if we can think of any, some small examples that we could kind of talk about of our, own, of our own life that would maybe kind of expound on that. But um, I know they've got to be out there. Well, a, a pretty simple example. You can say with Trump, there are people there that believe that Trump did absolutely everything he could in dealing with the uh, coronavirus. That he shut down the border, he you know got the vaccine going. They have all these reasons to say that it was beyond his control. When in fact, the ban wasn't a ban; it was a restriction. There's been reports that there's 40, 47,000 people that came in. After the ban was issued, after mm-hmm. you know, came in from China. Yeah, China. Uh, so it, it's it's obviously there's another set of facts. The fact is that, uh, and we've heard Fauci lately talk about this that, you know, they they were really not uh, didn't want to hear the truth yeah. about you know science and and all of that regarding the the virus and the spread of the virus, but. Uh, all he really wanted to do is to say things like, you know, it's going to go away. We're going to write it. We're going to write it like a cow, whatever he said. And people believe that. And they believe it's not his fault. It's China's fault. And that, that has been uh, demonstrably disproven that that's a lie. Mm-hmm. He's even on um, recorded as saying with Bob Woodward that, in February of 2020, that he knew how bad the virus was, but he he couldn't say it because he he had different reasons for doing that. And and you go, gosh, you've cost hundreds thousands of lives. But mm-hmm. if I talk to somebody who is a Trump supporter, a hardline Trump supporter, they will not believe that. Yeah, he, they'll say, well, you know, that tape that tape has been. I've had somebody tell me this. That's just fake. I mean, that he didn't actually say that. Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. Which is in, in, and again, is now we've created two truths mm-hmm. that they can't even justify what they're saying. At what, at what point is there proof? If yeah. you don't believe the man that has been recorded saying those words, at what point is there proof? Your burden of proof is moved beyond what you can actually prove yeah. at all. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Which leads us to uh, another term uh, called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms and supports our prior beliefs or values. Mm -hmm. That's 
I, I did that all the time. When uh, you know, especially you know, when I was really into, when I was really into, and, and and let me get this straight. So I'm going to, I'm my biases are going to affect the, the way I see things. I'm going to search, to, I'm going to search for the explanation that will support what I already believe that I'm wanting to already believe is true. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove what I believe is correct. Mm-hmm. I'm not searching for truth. Yeah. I'm searching for confirmation. And I did it all the time. I mean, and when I taught in times prophecy stuff, I was way into it. Um, I'm sure I mentioned this 43 other times on the show, on these episodes, but I did it all the time. I always tried to find things that would justify what I thought to already be true. This is what I believe. So let me find the things that support that. And we have to realize that that's dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. Uh, because in essence, the logical conclusion of that is, is that you will throw away the things that don't, support what you believe which means that you will willfully not look at the what the truth is yeah you'll disregard it you'll just disregard it yeah i mean another another aspect of that 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 is extremely dangerous is that um that you will see uh i am looking for the right word Awful people, for for lack of coming up with something better. Mm-hmm. Awful people will take advantage of you. Yeah, you know they will come in, um, and they will they will give you reason to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. They'll give you all the reasons why uh, filling that that question in your mind as you're looking for confirmation. They'll just confirm it for you. And therefore, take your money, mm-hmm. take your life, take your ser- yeah, that's yeah. what that's all. I was going to take your service, but yes. take your life is a better way to put that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not not, and obviously, we don't mean your your breathing and your yeah. blood flow. No. But I mean, own you, Jim literally Jones. own you. The whole story of Jim Jones. Everybody out there needs to go watch there's a couple there's a really good special on youtube that you can see the whole story of jim jones now and the fact of how man those people just honestly believed they were following a a a, a um, teacher of the bible the follower of christ they thought that this was the right thing to do and um yeah well when you have some but when you know when you have uh deep deep conviction and somebody tells you uh, that they are speaking for God, Mm -hmm. which happens in pulpits everywhere. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. um, All around us. I mean, what else are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Well, think about the fact of the, uh, you know, that, that cognitive dissonance, how you might hear things from those pulpits that go, wait a second, that's not right. But the power of you being around those people you're sitting with, that you're friends with, that you hang out with, that will drive you to go, 
well, maybe I didn't hear that right. Maybe there's an explanation for that that will justify and get rid of the tension or the, um, um, what's the word? You, what's, why can I not think stress? Of? Stress. That's right. Stress is a way better word than tension here in the situation. We feel that stress and now we want that stress to go away. Yeah. And once we find something that go, makes it go away, it's like we've clung on to that. That's now the truth of the situation. So, which, you know, you know, we can do it and we can do it all the time. Yeah. I've been so, um, I, I have, I have, uh, really struggled with confirmation bias as, you know, a Christian reading scripture. Um, I would read into it, um, really what, I wanted it to say, and I've said this before, that instead of reading Bart Ehrman, I would read what other people would say about Bart Ehrman and get their twist on it, and I would continue to believe what I believed because I really wasn't listening to the other side. Yeah. One of the stories in the Bible, um, seems like every time I talk to somebody who's a believer and, and bring up a contradiction, they're... I could bring up five contradictions and they're going to have reasons and some that are implausible of why that makes sense. I could understand if that was once or twice, but five, 10, 20, mm-hmm. and you're continuing to try to rationalize why you are correct. That's problematic. And I, I, I don't think that is really um, rational or, um, what a uh, person that is looking at impartially would do. Now, time out. I think we all look at things with a comp- with a bias. I think that is uh, that's part of human nature. Yeah. So, whenever if you were to take five years ago, I I was a lot more conservative, and I looked at everything uh, with with a bias bent towards that bent towards scripture. So the politics really bled into, uh, I'm sorry, the scripture would bleed into the politics. And now that I'm out of that, I find the opposite to be true. So we're all influenced. We're all biased. I mean, we can, we can decide what, what news channel we want to watch and that's going to influence really, uh, somewhat what we believe and we're going to read into it what we, what we want to believe. So that's natural. Mm -hmm. Um, it's incredibly hard to be, impartial um but what does at what point i think the point if we're really talking about multiple truths at what point do i decide that this is the only truth and i think that's where it's dangerous when we decide well this is the only way it can be yeah you know trump trump was robbed that's the only truth is he was robbed or to say that Scripture is inerrant. That's I'm not going to look at any other possibility, but yeah. Scripture is inerrant. Well, and and, and, and that's and, a problem. In in knowing that it's that it isn't, but still saying it is. I mean, when when any breathe any person who sits there and reads it can find errors or find problems with it, but then you say it, but then you don't. So, but but that's confirmation uh, bias. That's mm-hmm. the whole point: is they look yeah. at it and they the errors that might might be. 
evident, they read into it what they what right. the biases are bringing yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one another one too that comes to mind is 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 how you know a lot of the evangelical right will say that this country was all founded by believers in Christ. You know that they built that the Constitution and everything was all written on the Word of God, and that everything was that's how it all. And now we've strayed from that. When you know, and I that's that's there that's a telling of a story to try to justify the legitimacy of the of the religion that they believe. That oh, mm-hmm. look, it goes way back to the people who founded this country. When in reality, it's the complete opposite of that. In fact, you had some of them that were deists at best. Yeah. Um, you know, some people that didn't even follow Christ, that didn't believe that Christ was even the son of God, yeah. that didn't believe that Christ was God, that rejected all of that, that, you know, some, you know, some of these men were as humanistic as just about anybody else. And, but they had some ideals and they wrote, you know, these, these concepts down that they thought was just a better way. But now it's been distorted into the fact that no, this was that 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 it was Christianity that formed this country, and it, again, just another way to they feel the tension. You know, you know, freedom doesn't breed, you know, evangelicalism. You know, so you've got to go back and say, well, let's let's retell this story so that it justifies everything that we're saying. Um, and I'm telling you, there are so many people that fall for that. Yeah. yeah. Fall for it. If you really want to look at what really influenced the thoughts of Benjamin Franklin and the thoughts of Thomas Jefferson, you need to look at the Enlightenment. Hmm. I mean, Thomas Jefferson was a Francophile. I mean, he 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 was obsessed with with even when the French Revolution was happening and the guillotine was going on, he was still defending the Enlightenment and what the things that that led up to that revolution. Mm. And I think there's some good things out of the Enlightenment, but the Enlightenment really led to deism in a lot of senses. And th- those were the people that the very crafters of the Constitution and Thomas Jefferson, the Declaration of Independence, those were people that were not Christians. I mean, John Adams were, and a lot of them were, sure, but a lot sure. of them weren't. Yeah. And so to say it's founded on Christian principles, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think some of them are Christian and some of them are just good moral beliefs. And you can argue about whether that comes from the Bible or not. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, we, we have, we can't just say that's just from Christianity. Yeah. I mean, everybody's seen national treasure. They're all Masons and they wanted to bury gold in the ground. I mean, and that's, that's historically, that's accurate. historically yeah. accurate. That yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Is that the Nicholas Cage deal? National yes, it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, he he's generally a good historian. Yeah. <laughs> There's rumors they're making a third one. By the way. Okay. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, I do. I, I will. I'll, I'll watch it. I'm a sucker. So the national the national treasure could be like Trump. Maybe it'd be about <laughs> Trump. The national national treasure. Yeah. It's a the yeah. national treasure is a wrinkled orange raisin. Anyways, <laughs> Jim, you look like you have things to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't, as I don't usual, know. bring us back on track. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, we we need to just decide who do we want to be. I mean, that's I think ultimately when it when when you shake it all out. 
uh, not just tonight's conversation, but but all of our conversations. You know, how do we get where we are now? Well, I mean, I think we we ultimately decided who do I want to be, and and I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that that person that uh, is so certain about uh, about things that that, that just disregards other humans, other people that de- disvalues them or devalues them, um, for whatever reason, for what they believe, for the color of their skin, for, uh, you know, anything that's different for their religious beliefs, for their political beliefs. Um, you know, the, I, I think, I think it's just wrong. It's absolutely wrong. I, my, I mean, I got stuck on, on something you guys were saying earlier about, uh, when we were talking about confirmation bias, uh, towards the end of that little discussion, uh, talking about church and, and seeing, um, you know, standing there and just seeing people, you know, I went to a church, uh, was very involved in a church for 15 years and, um, and could see, constantly uh things that were just wrong absolutely wrong and how the 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 pastor was just wrong and not a good person and and you know nathan said and you know people look for a reason to to say well that's okay it must be okay um man if there's anybody out there listening right now and I was that reason that it made it okay. Um, I am sorry. Hmm. I am so sorry because I could, uh, I could feel that. I could see how that would be possible. Mm-hmm. You know, people that I knew, people that I loved, that I cared for, who are seeing uh, crap. But it must be okay. Jim seems okay with it. Yeah. Well, how we how we somehow we get to the point where there must be a greater good, and it just and it just justifies things that are just wrong. Yeah, I hate that phrase. It's the greater good. It, it seems like every time that phrase is used, it's not for the greater good. No, no, it's it's a, it's an excuse for certain. I would uh, I would like to get evangelical right now for a moment, if you don't mind. Yeah, right ahead. Because I would like to invite anybody who's listening to this, and and hopefully you're listening to it for for the reasons that we hope that you mm-hmm. are asking questions and yeah. you're wondering is it okay, mm-hmm. and you're seeing things in the church and you're seeing things in politics and you're seeing things in the world that just don't add up. That uh, it is not only okay it is the right thing to do to ask those questions to find people who aren't afraid to ask them with you Mm -hmm. and just jump in the water over here it is really good water there's a lot of people it's yes and it's happening more and more and more and um man don't be afraid don't don't worry about fitting in or not having a community or, or whatever your, your reasons for staying where you're at. Don't stay where you're at. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's bondage, for yeah. lack of a better word. Exactly it what I was about to say. Bondage, and so, uh, get the hell out. Hmm. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what though, um, and it's even in trying to encourage people to just ask questions. Um, you know, you, you, you the, we've got email, we've got anything because I do know, um, it can become a lonely place. You know, when you feel like you're asking a question and nobody around you wants to, but they're really good. The really, there's a really good chance that the people around you are trying to ask the same questions. They just don't want anybody else to know that you're, right. they're asking the same, same questions. And, you know, because everybody's all in their the midst of their confirmation bias, their 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 uh, uh, cognitive dissonance is kicking in. All of the the the, the I always want to say tension, stress. stress, stress. My gosh, how can that word just not come to my head? It must cause stress, and I'm justifying a reason not to think of yeah. it. Yeah, mm, let me help. <laughs> Strengthen. Strength. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't make up the words around here. I make up the words around here. <laughs> Stringent. That's a good one. Um, but you know, the stress is there, but how quickly, you know, you have to, we have to encourage people don't give reasons to make the stress go away. The stress is there for a reason. Yes. The stress is there because you're observing things that don't add up, that don't seem right, that there's things that are being wrong. Like when people use Bible verses to justify things that you go, man, that is just not right. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the manipulation and you see the control and you see, you know, the people being taken advantage of in a lot of different situations. The tension and the stress is there for a reason. If it looks like an asshole and talks like an asshole and mm-hmm. acts like an asshole um, on Facebook Live, it is. Mm hmm. Or any other live. I mean, I don't know why I picked Facebook in that. I mean, it could be Instagram or it could be Twitter or, you know, it could be whatever. The YouTube. Yeah, the YouTubes. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I appreciate what both of you guys have said. And uh, I just, I go back to over, let's just take politics or Christianity. How many? No how difference. Many, huh? No difference. No difference, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring one thing, and I know we're about to, to wrap this up, but um, I, w- I was thinking before we came into this, what were the major issues that there were people believed in multiple truths and they were dogmatic? And I, I go to that scripture in James where it talks about you know faith and works. Uh, that's a huge one in Christian circles. Um, it goes right along with you know somebody's a Calvinist or whether they're they believe in you know free will or Arminianism, and so I look at that and I go, there have been people. I mean, there's been violence committed, whether or not God is uh, totally sovereign. The tulip with with Calvinism um, and 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 free will where. Yeah. Both sides thought that the other was apost- were apostates and heretics, mm-hmm. and so I don't guess apostates, but I guess heretics. It's it's just amazing to me that um, it happens in religion and it happens in politics, and we've seen all of that in the last couple of months, wrapped up into one. And I I, I just hope this is the birth of something that 
people can just step back and say, you know, um, Jim, you, you really, when we've been doing this podcast, one of the themes that you've always gone back to is that really it's just about love. And, you know, the central truth, if we can just love others as we want to be loved, if we can treat others like we want to be treated and, and we can be kind and, and gentle and, and, um, and loving to other people, that's really what improves everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, we stick to a dogma that we, you know, condemn people and shun people and, you know, say people are going to hell and there's no proof of that, that there's, there's a hell. Uh, that that is just something that is divisive, and and they they say it's because of truth. Uh, I'm telling you truth in love. Yeah, that that's not that's not. They're telling you that they're right in not love. That's what they're really selling you. And I I just I would encourage you know anybody out there to just step back and 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 I I think there's one thing that I would say is that. Um, if, if somebody were to come to you and say that their father, or let's just say their husband had told them that they were worthless, they were, um, no good without them, that they, if they left them, they would be, you know, damned. If somebody said their husband said that to them, most people would say that's an abusive man. Mm-hmm. That's an abusive person that you need to get away from. And yet we accept that from our our gods and from our uh, religious leaders. We accept that, and it's like we just take the abuse, and that's uh, that's a problem. Yeah, you can't love somebody that's beneath you. Yeah. You know, if your attitude is yeah it's good way superiority. You, you can't love them. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good dis- discussion. Good discussion yeah. tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. Um, man, there's a, there was a sentence in this, this one article. I'd like to put this, if we could put this article on the, in the notes to be able for people to, is, uh, this is by Lee McIntyre. He's a uh, research fellow at the Center for Philosophy and History of Science at Boston University. And he writes a really good article um, here. Um, in fact, um, give me two seconds here and I'll give a little context here. But um, it's how cognitive bias can explain post-truth. You know, in the, there's several great things in here and I'd recommend everybody read it. Just read it and use it to reflect on how you think. But, you know, the last sentence, the last paragraph on this, I just think is good. It says, if we are already motivated to want to believe certain things, it doesn't ma- it take much to tip us over to believing them, especially if others we care about already do so. So our inherited cognitive biases make us ripe for manipulation and exploitation by those who have an agenda to push, especially if they can discredit all other sources of information. And I think that's important because it doesn't matter if it, they can discredit it. It could be true information, but if they can discredit it, it's for their it's for their good. Just as there is no escape from cognitive bias, a news silo is no defense against 
post-truth. For danger is that at some level they are connected. We are all beholden to our sources of information, but we are especially vulnerable when they tell us exactly what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of good stuff in there, you know, talking about how ideologies are actually the enemy of truth, um, which I thought was a great uh, couple sentences in there, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, our churches we go to are nothing but ideologies that we claim are truth. Hmm. But in reality, they're the complete opposite or enemy of knowing what the real truth is, um, which we've all kind of expressed at some point in time that, you know, the, sometimes the answer probably is, I don't know. But anyways, yeah. I just I just wanted to kind of just mention those real fast from that article to make sure that we put it in the notes and that maybe people can read that. So yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Will do. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, listen to uh, the end of, of this and it'll tell you how to find us on uh, Instagram <laughs> and, uh, and our website and on Twitter and uh, we appreciate you and anything we can do let us know thanks for listening our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation you can do so at thatsquestionable.com that's questionable podcast on Instagram or that's question a one on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.